0: I'm Tony Mark. And I'm Justin Cumbie. And you're listening to the Malibu Podcast. Malibu. Malibu.
1: Malibu. Malibu. Uh, Don't call it a comeback. Because it's not. (laughs) It's just a... Quarterly installment. Are are we up and running? All frequencies are go. So logic
0: and reason would dictate that we changed formats for our market update and moved to something more manageable like a seasonal market update or in this case, a seasonal market recap. And because we are real estate agents, uh, it is good from time to time to do market recaps and touch on things that are real estate specific. <clears throat> so, you know, I've always been one that struggles with change. I don't like doing a podcast with a sparkling water when you're drinking my tequila. What were you our, doing?
1: <laughs> our tequila. Tubs. There is no yours But some.
0: Anymore. So, you know, not all change is bad. Some change can be good. Like you used to tell me these stories about how once you and your brother were little fat kids that used to eat cookies all the time. And now you're bronzed beach gods that bounce quarters off your stomachs in the summer. Well, one of you.
1: And still eat cookies <laughs> all the time.
0: So change can be good. Change yeah. can happen. It can be good. And uh, to say the least, the real estate market feels like it's been changing, but not changing in any normal, predictable ways, or at least I should say not changing in the ways that we're used to it changing historically.
1: I think ever since I was first licensed, which was probably, um, I guess that would be 2017. Um, people have been telling us that the market's going to crash within the next year and it's Uh, it's, probably me. (laughs) Yeah. All these old people were telling me, oh yeah, it's yeah, it's going down, son, and I was like, it? "Oh God!" And I think it's it's definitely corrected and changed, but I think this this crash has not yet taken place. And I would I would dare to venture that
0: crash is not going to be the word that we'll be using for what's happening. Um, but it is changing, you know, and so. I think the summer. I mean, I guess the last time we did a market update was it was late. It was the spring. spring. Yeah, it was our spring, spring. recap,
1: so it was mid March.
0: Yeah, and a lot of the things that we were seeing then, I think, have kind of held true to what we're seeing now. You know that uh, the sales prices were coming down, but not not crazy, you know, it was kind of in that 15 to 20% range where we were starting to see a lot of traction and then things would sell. Um, the lease market was slow. The land market was getting slow. And then there were also a lot of big sales, a lot of record breaking numbers but just much less volume of sales. So, you know, we were off, I think, at that point by like 50% of the number of sales. So the summer pretty much followed those lines exactly, <clears throat> in my opinion. You're, uh, you're the data guy, so we'll see if I'm right or wrong. But that's how it felt. felt as though the prices have come down a little bit. Especially recently, things feel a little slower. We have time to do podcasts again. That's always a good market indicator. Um, The lease market has been slower, although picking up slightly recently. Land market feels pretty dead, although a little bit of energy recently. And the sales market, for the most part, uh, has less going on, but still respectable. With you know the summer had uh, certainly a record-breaking Broad Beach sale. We did the sale from the sale, so after the record-breaking sale, the seller of that house came and bought one of our houses off market. Um, but there was the thirty-five million dollar Broad Beach sale, which smashed by a lot any existing sale records for a single, approximately forty-foot width beach lot, and. So, you know, I I would say that the summer kind of continued on this path, which is sort of what feels like the market's continuing to do as we roll into end of summer, uh, fall. So what does the data say?
1: I think that was all very astute and succinct. And I think one thing that we had talked about in springtime was that we're so weather dependent and it had been a really kind of shitty spring so far and early summer i'll say it it sucked we had not good weather weather waves really nothing that people come to Malibu for besides it you know peace and quiet and some uh marine layer and i think that i think that probably it'd be interesting to compare may year over year um maybe we should do that at some point like may and june Because I think July and August were actually pretty good.
0: Well, as you said, it felt like somewhere in July, the weather finally broke, you know, and it felt like we did get a pretty big boost from that. That was the end of that thought. (laughs) That awkward pause was right where I meant to land that.
1: I just found buttons on this thing and I can do like applause or like a, ba-dum-tsh. Oh, So yeah. I just did some applause. I think
0: we can actually program the sounds too. Like I think you can have six <laughs> sounds ready to go Pod- podcast <laughs> just went to the next level.
1: I think it's actually going to drag us down, but that's fine. Um, so for the sake of time, we're just going to do single family. That is also a next level though. Yeah. It's a different level for the sake of time. We are going to do single family today. Um, And maybe I'll come back later and add just a quick overview for land and the other things. Do you think, do you feel like the single family home market is generally a good indicator of the market as a whole, or would you disagree with that?
0: I would, I would say that it's a good, it's probably, if you're going to pick one, I think that that is probably the most important uh, market to look at as an overall comparison and average. I think that's pretty much what most of the national uh, real estate reports track. I think that's mostly what Jay emphasizes when he tracks Compass's data. So I would say that that is uh, probably the the most significant. However, I, I can't really remember a time in my career where the market was as stratified as it is now, like where the sales market could kind of be doing one thing. The lease market's sort of doing another land market's doing something completely different. Um, mobile home markets, you know, have gone crazy. Congrats by the way on, uh, kicking ass and selling. <laughs> Is that the highest single priced uh, in quotes, one bedroom mobile home that's been sold on planet earth? 3.5 million. I don't know. I don't know if it's
1: the highest. I uh, think if we
0: look for one bedroom data, I would, I'll bet you a bottle of our tequila that you have the record for one bedroom mobile home sales in Paradise Cove.
1: Maybe so. Well, it's, you know, there is the room out back, uh, which is a functional bedroom. So I always called it a two bed for the right person. And um, yeah, really stoked, though. And I think that was such a special house for the Cove. Even the guy who built it thought there was absolutely nothing like it. So yeah, was i fired up to get that one. the most
0: done. beautiful place. Unbelievably cool. So congrats. That was a great sale.
1: All right. Let's get into the single family home statistics. Nope. So we've gone back three months, which basically takes us beginning from end uh, June all the way through August, uh, which is a pretty wholesome look at our summer here in Malibu.
0: Let's hear it.
1: All right, so starting as we usually do on the beach, there are 67 active listings. Um, we have a median price of 11.5 million. We tend to look at the median on the beach because the high can skew so badly. Um, listings like the Eisner compound at Incineroar Bluffs for 195 million will do that to averages. Mm-hmm. Uh, average days on market, 136. For contract listings, right now we have eight in contract and sold this summer. 12 listings, an average sale price, just shy of 12 million and the high price being 35 million on broad beach road.
0: Yes, sir. That sounds, I mean, but it just, those numbers feel low to me. Like it's 12 sales on the beach this summer. It doesn't sound like a lot
1: for four sales a month. What is that? So basically one sale per week during summer in Malibu. For all the
0: beaches, for all the price ranges.
1: It's a sale a week for the summer on the feels, beach. Feels low. Yeah. And this uh, includes off markets.
0: Then it's definitely low.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and I think Broad Beach, I mean, I guess some of those things fell out of escrow, but Broad Beach kind of had a run at the end here, which would have bumped that data up even more. So without that, it's really low. But again the numbers but but the numbers are are crazy. Like you have to go to the median data as you said because you had a $35 million breaking all existing records on a standard lot on Broad Beach kind of sale. And that's the kind of stuff we've been seeing this year.
1: All right, so to compare this with the stats from 2022. During these same 3 months last year there were 16 sales on the beach. And the average sale price was about 9.4 million, a little over. Average days on market is 36. Um, and the high sale was 22 million of last summer. Wow. We Did, should Can make you give that me that an hit. Owen Wilson? Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's <going> pretty good. <laughs>
0: I've been working on that, actually. Yeah.
1: Okay. So the data speaks for itself.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, you can't argue with the data, but. The summary remains the same, you know, not a ton going on, but, you know, but some really special highlights.
1: The Malibu podcast is brought to you by us, the Mark and Grether Group, founded by Malibu locals and top producing real estate agents, Tony Mark and Russell Grether. Our small team of realtors and friendly full-time staff proudly serve in the Malibu community and beyond in buying, selling leasing property we're proud to be ranked by real trends as Malibu's number one boutique real estate team with over 1.2 billion in sales and leases from the coast to the canyons we look forward to offering you 40 plus years of combined experience our time and energy learn more about our team view exclusive listings and read our blog themarkandgrathergroup.com thanks for listening let's get back to the show Uh, Malibu land side. So currently, 102 active listings. We have 100 days on market and a median list price of about six and a half million. Median. Median. So the average is actually over 10 million, which for the land side is just so far off. That uh, seems crazy. Well, there's a, there's a 75 million dollar uh, listing on PCH, 45 million. 245 millions on pch uh the the list goes on there's a few things on cothran for 34 million which if you've ever been to cothran doesn't <laughs> exactly make sense to me although it's a very cool area uh but yeah once again some some massive numbers among that pool are kind of skewing the data so let's go with the median six and a half even the median
0: feels high for land but you know, I mean, I guess the heart wants what the heart wants, you know? Yeah. $34 million of Cochrane. Somebody, somebody could do it.
1: Right. Somebody and this paint. is, this is the land side of Malibu, but single family homes. Yep. Still crazy. Still crazy. All right. Under contract right now, we have 16. Better. Yeah. That that feels moderately healthy. Um, And sales for the summer of 2023. We have 43 uh this has an average days on market of 38 days which you know less than a month is actually quite competitive i would say for sure um and we have an average list price of just under six million and an average sale price of 5.8 million um, a median price is 3.8 uh in this setting that, that might be more accurate considering there's been a few. There's been a $28 million sale, a $26 million sale, um, and a few in the teens. So uh, median, 3.8, average, 5.8.
0: Uh, okay.
1: Yeah, so 43 sales uh, for 12 weeks.
0: That sounds actually decent.
1: Yeah. To me, the landside market has become very segmented you know, there's the under, it's a word I know. Yeah. There's the under 4 million category. Really there's the under 2 million category where it'll be gone. Yeah. There's the, you can get there. There's the under 4 million category where it'll likely be gone. Um, the under six in the right neighborhoods priced right has still been competitive, but from there, um, the air has been getting pretty thin and even on point doom, which kind of exploded during COVID we've had things sitting on the market for a while, things that would have traded a few years ago. So I think, um, you know, the air gets thinner as you climb up and that uh, that's just gotten truer as I think buyers have become a little bit more discerning and slightly more wary.
0: And I'll go back to keep beating this over and over again. The difference in this change in the market as opposed to previous changes in the market is that I still feel like there are healthy levels of support for all different segments of the market. It's just you have to find them. So some of the things on Point Doom that are a bit slower right now that would have sold during COVID, I think if those were adjusted by ten to twenty percent, you start seeing those sell. So that's still a pretty strong market for high end, you know, which does not remotely feel like The world's ending or the sky's falling, but it is always the sellers who are the last to know that the market's changed. So that 10 to 20% sometimes can take a long time for the buyers and sellers to connect in that, in that gray zone.
1: It's uh, it's kind of like, we always say, you know, the air gets thinner. It's kind of like the Everest analogy, but what if we kind of flipped that on its head and actually went with the ocean analogy, right? So you have like the blue zone, right? There's like tons of life and like all this you know all this shit, and you start going down and like pretty soon you're in the twilight zone, right? and like there's less buyers and they're more skittish, and then you get like way down, you know, like down deep. And
0: did you work on this, or is this right off top? No, I'm just
1: thinking about it because it, wow. it makes more sense thinking about sea life in the ocean. And yeah, I think, really, I think it makes more sense. You really nailed this. I, I think, I think you got to put this in the next I newsletter. Think we might need to make like some kind of national geographic real estate show <laughs> where we identify are, species and correlate them with buyers.
0: There are people that shouldn't drink. And then there are people that should. And I think we've just scientifically demonstrated that one little nip on our tequila activated some brains, creative brain cells in you that are clearly just... Just past the blue zone. Just
1: past the blue zone. Um, and for comparison's sake, uh, the data from 2022 for summer on Malibu's landside is as follows. The past three same months on Malibu's landside, there were 54 homes sold. Uh, the average sale price was $4.6 and the average days on market was $48. Right. Uh, we have... Two minutes. So okay. give me your your just your hottest take for buyers and sellers as we start heading into fall. The kids are back in school and uh, we're about due for some Santa Ana's here. After of course some nice south swells and a couple days of Indian summer, we're going to get into to proper fall before we know it. So what what would you tell the Malibu buyer and the Malibu seller uh, at this point in time, end of August?
0: Uh, For the Malibu seller, I would say take advantage of what are still historically great prices and don't be the last to find out that the market is corrected and get ahead of that curve. So right now it just, it won't take much, you know, it's like, it's a, I I know 20% sounds like a lot, but it's somewhere between 10 and 20% if your, your property is not selling That's about all it takes to get it done, you know, and that is still at really high numbers historically. Like these prices are still really good. And if you're a buyer, I would say that you probably will see some opportunities coming your way in the next year. However, I would not wait for the sky to fall, the bottom to drop out. Justin, to take you down to the the deep of the blue zone, is that the other way around? Which way is the good way? I don't know. I like the blue zone. I'm not a deep water swimmer. That's just how it
1: is. Same, dude.
0: Uh, yeah, I like the this. I'm not even sure I'm a swimmer anymore. <laughs> oh, you look you look damn good swimming. I'll, I'll correct you on that. I would say, as a buyer, that there will be some opportunities. There's, uh, but however, I would not I would not wait for the kind of correction slash recession slash world ending changes that we saw the last time the market slowed down. I think we're looking at a much softer decline. And you know, if you find something that makes sense and you can make it work and the math works out and it's something you plan on being in, you know, more than two or three years, then it's probably a pretty good time to buy something. You know, if you're looking for the quick flip this may not be your market. You know, I think this is going to be a market where, uh, there will be less deals in terms of like crazy deals, but I think more overall opportunities. I think the market will be moving towards a place where buyers and sellers will actually be reaching a more reasonable equilibrium than maybe what we're coming out of the COVID years. And, um, you know i think that that is generally good news for everybody because the worst thing that happens in a real estate market is when everything stops and we you know we've seen a big slowdown in terms of volume but but we haven't seen it stop and if doubling the interest rates didn't do that then it feels like we probably you know and construction costs and everything else if that hasn't killed this market then it feels like there's more staying power here than in years past which means probably more normal more normal changes in terms of less radical shifts you know life rolling on and i think that's generally probably better for all of us than going through you know a three year collapse and then a rebuilding i think we'd all like to see life remain a little more normal and that's uh, i think i think that's what our next year is going to look like
1: Nice. Sunny side up.
0: It would not normally me. This is normally the voice of Eeyore speaking to you, but I just, it feels as though things have changed and that people still want to be in areas that are as great as Malibu and that in and of itself seems to have created a support level. And, you know, and lifestyle shifts and just people living differently can, can be out in a place like Malibu and live full time. And that didn't really exist before the same way. So I feel like we're kind of in a different world now, and that world is not going to collapse the way it did, you know, with the banking crisis in 2008.
1: Thank God. There you have I've it. I've just heard bad things about that year, so.
0: That's not, yeah, we don't, I, I can't. It's too soon. I can't talk about it.
1: And meanwhile, I was graduating eighth grade, <laughs> trying to figure out how I could become a <laughs> professional skateboarder. <laughs>
0: That would have been a good goal. Spoiler
1: alert. If you were a real estate agent in those
0: years, being a professional skateboarder would be a viable, a viable backup plan. You would have lost less money being, (laughs) being a skateboarder. So keep your skateboard
1: arm strong. All right. Well, we'll be back soon. Sooner rather than later. Yeah. Thank you guys for hanging in there.
0: Smaller, more digestible, more often podcasts, as we always say here on the Malibu podcast.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: I'm Tony Mark for Justin Cumby, and thank you for listening to the Malibu Podcast.